You are listening to Revival Talk. I'm Pastor Terry Bailey, and I want to thank you for joining me today. Our message today is an introduction to the healing Jesus. We're going to open up God's Word and examine what the Scriptures say about the promises that God has made to us concerning His healing power. Isaiah chapter 53. I want to title this message this morning, An Introduction to the Healing Jesus. I want to introduce you today to a Jesus who is our healer. Isaiah chapter 53 verse 4 says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Then Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various disease and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Notice what it says, he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. From 1998 to the year 2010, November 2010, we lived in Baltimore, Maryland. Baltimore is known for many things. It's called Charm City. It's a port city, and it was second only to Ellis Island and new immigrants coming to the United States. When we lived there, we had the Baltimore Orioles that was a baseball team. They didn't win very many games. They weren't very well. They were owned by a billionaire, and he was kind of a cheap billionaire. He refused to spend any money to bring in any of the really good players. So every year they kind of put a mediocre team on the field. And I got to go to many games because you didn't have to buy tickets. Folks would just give you tickets. So I went to a lot of games, sat in box seats and had great seats and, and went to a lot of games. But then we had the Baltimore Ravens, and you never could get tickets to those because they were good. They went to the Super Bowl several times and won the Super Bowl and we had the Orioles and we had the Ravens when we were there but we also had a had a world-renowned hospital called Johns Hopkins Hospital and there at Johns Hopkins you had a medical school and it's known throughout the world for its treatment there's certain diseases and clinics they have there that they don't have anywhere else in the world and they specialize in rare diseases and those types of things It is a hospital where presidents, I remember the vice president Al Gore went there at one time and his family went there to be treated. It was, uh, they have a a prime minister and a presidential suites on certain floors in the hospital where those prime ministers and kings and princes and different ones would travel from all over the world to be treated for illnesses. Dr. Ben Carson, one of the great surgeons and a tremendous, tremendous believer in Christ, he practiced there at Johns Hopkins. I visited that hospital many times. I went there many times and and prayed with people and ministered to people while I lived there. It was like going to another city. It was so large and so big and and you had to know right where you were going and find out where to park and what building to go into. It was was something to behold. They had world-renowned clinics and they had specialists who specialized in certain disease. 
They had tremendous physicians. This morning, I, I want to tell you I'm thankful for all the hospitals and all the medical professionals and all the doctors and the medication and the things that they do to treat people. I celebrate them. I honor them today. But I didn't come today to talk about just world-renowned doctors. I came to introduce you to the greatest physician, the greatest physician of all time. His name is Jesus. And here's the thing. You don't have to call his answering service. You don't have to work through the front desk. You don't have to work through a computerized appointment system. You can call his name at any moment and at any time. And when you call, he'll come. His name is spelled J-E-S-U-S. -S. He's the great physician. He's the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the best in his field. And he's a specialist in all sickness and disease. You see, the Bible refers to him as the Great Commission. In 1989, Mary Brown wrote a beautiful song, and it's entitled, What a Healing Jesus. I love the words of this song. Let me share them with you this morning. Listen to what it says. When walking by the sea, come and follow me, Jesus called. Then all through Galilee, the sick and the diseased, he healed them all. Jesus hasn't changed. His power is just the same as when he walked the shore. This God of yesterday is still the healing Jesus now and evermore. And listen to the chorus. What a healing Jesus I've found in you. What a healing Jesus you restore, refresh and renew, you're my healing Jesus. For such a time as this, arise on healing wings, son of righteousness. He's a healing Jesus this morning. Come on, give him praise in this place. I want to introduce you to this healing Jesus today. When you read through the scriptures, he's identified by different names. He is Emmanuel, the eternal I am, the faithful witness, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the king eternal, the lamb of God. He's the light of the world, the lily of the valley. He's the bright and morning star. He's the bread of life. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the master, the mediator. He's the prince of peace. He's the way. He's our savior, our deliverer. He's the great high priest who is seated at the right hand of the father, making intercession for us even now. There are many more titles that I could use to describe him. But this morning I want to introduce you to the great physician. I want to just zero in on that title. I want to zero in on that name. Because I want you to know the great physician is concerned about what's going on in your physical body. The great physician is concerned about you. You're not just a number. You're not just another faceless individual. But he cares about you. My Bible tells me that when he saw the sick and the multitude. That he was moved with compassion. And if you'll read through the New Testament. Testament and through the Gospels, you'll find out he healed them all. The first mention of healing in the Old Testament is found in Exodus 15, 26. It says, if you will diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. Nathaniel Van Cleve writes, he said, This verse is widely referred to as the Old Testament divine healing covenant. 
It's called a covenant because in it God promises he will keep his people free from diseases and conditions the promise upon their diligent obedience. The covenant is made absolutely certain by the fact that God joins his mighty name to the promise, calling himself Yahweh Rapha, meaning the Lord who heals. Yahweh or Jehovah Rapha is one of the compound names by which God reveals his attributes to Israel. Here his very nature declares, his very name declares that it is his nature to be the healer to those who obey his word, to recover to health and to sustain health. Now there are a number of Christians who've grown up in the United States today. They've grown up in churches that did not embrace the gifts of the Spirit. They believe the power gifts of healing, speaking in tongues, miracles, healings, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and the like have all ceased to function somewhere in the first century. But I've come this morning with good news. I've come to tell you that Hebrews 13, 8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Times have changed, methods have changed, but we learn from the scriptures that God has never changed. The writer of Hebrews tells us in in Hebrews chapter 8 verse 6 that we have a better covenant built on better promises. He is our healer. Our text in Matthew chapter 4 verse 23 through 25 says Jesus went about all Galilee. I've walked every place around that Galilee where Jesus walked. I've been to that place where he healed the sick. He was teaching in their synagogues. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various disease and torments and those who were demon possessed, epileptics and paralytics and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee and from Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea and beyond the Jordan. This same Jesus who walked the shores of Galilee healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people is still the same today. He's still the healing Jesus. No matter your diagnosis, he has a cure. This morning I want to walk through the pages of the gospel and I want to examine some of the miracles and healings in the ministry of Jesus. I've come to encourage you. I've come to lift you. I've come to build your faith today. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I want to tell you there are people on these pews today and people who are watching us online in times past and in days of of yesterday and in your past, you've had experiences with the healing Jesus. Jesus has come and healed you of pain or healed you of something in your body. And some of you sitting here today are living miracles and you are testimonies of God. God's faithfulness to his people. I want to tell you what God did for them, he'll do for you. He's no respecter of persons today. I want to tell you that the God we serve is the healer. Hallelujah. And healing is in this house this morning. All we have to do is reach up, I believe, and receive that healing power into our lives. You see, Jesus came to the most religious city in the world. Multitudes loved him and followed him. Why? Because there was something different about this man. The Bible says he spoke as one having authority. You know, he was surrounded by the scribes, the Pharisees. The Pharisees were very legalistic in their approach to things. And then there were the Sadducees. Now, we learned this in Bible school. The way you remember the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Pharisees believed in the resurrection, but the Sadducees didn't. They were sad, you see, because there was no resurrection. All they had to offer was powerless religion. But this Jesus that I'm talking about today... He interrupted funeral services. He opened the blinded eyes. 
He set the captives free. He announced his mission. Listen, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, listen to what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. If you're here this morning and brokenhearted, if you're here this morning and you're just broken in your heart, broken in your spirit, I want to tell you he's more than just a physical healer today. He can take care of physical problems, but he can get to our emotional needs. He can get into our heart. He can come and he can heal the broken heart. In 1994, Beth and I lost our first child and from May the 23rd to October she cried herself to sleep it was like a funeral spirit in our house but I want to tell you we had an encounter with God in October and the Lord came and he healed our broken heart and he healed us of that grief and that old funeral spirit of grief lifted off of us do we have moments sure we do do we remember that child absolutely one day I'll see him again but you know what God took away the pain and healed us of the broken heart God can do whatever we need him to do this morning. He can do whatever you need him to do. He can touch whatever you need him to touch in your lives. I wish somebody would shout amen. Heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captain, the recovery of sight to the blind, and set at liberty those who are oppressed. Listen to his words in Luke 19.10. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. In Matthew chapter 8, there are four different miracles of healing that took place. First of all, Jesus cleanses the leper. In verses 1, 2, and 3 of Matthew 8, And when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leopard came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately the leprosy was cleansed. Leprosy is a very debilitating disease. If you travel to other countries such as India and some of the countries of Asia and even some nations in Africa, leprosy is still a disease that affects people. Actually, they put them away and they put them into what they call leper colonies and they isolate them because of the contagious situation of that disease. They isolate them from the general population. You see, those suffering from leprosy experience disfigurement of the skins and bones. Tumors like growth may appear on the skin and in the respiratory tract and cause a deterioration of the optic nerve. In Leviticus chapter 13, verses 45 through 46, Now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, Unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean until all the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp." Not, it's enough to be sick, but it's another thing to be isolated. Kind of reminds us of where we are today with COVID-19. We can't visit our loved ones in nursing homes or in hospitals because of this disease. This individual, when they would have leprosy, they would, if anybody approached them, they would have to cover up their mustache, cover up their mouth and cry, unclean, unclean as a warning. They couldn't be approached. They couldn't come near people. They had to live away from their family outside the camp. But here, Jesus comes down off the mountain and the leper says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. The leper makes this statement and most believe, listen, most believe the Lord has the ability to bring healing to those who are sick and suffering. And the question we ask is this, are you willing? Well, I've got good news. He's willing. He's willing. Verse 3 says this, then Jesus put out his hand and touched him. I want you to notice that. Jesus put out his hand and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. 
And the verse says, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Do you know that Jesus was not intimidated by touching this man with an infectious disease? Now, if you come to the altar this morning and I put on rubber gloves and start putting on this mask, I may put you off a little bit. Now, if you want to come up and wear a mask, that's okay. I'm, not, I'm just trying to show you that Jesus wasn't afraid to touch what was ceremonially unclean. Be healed. Be cleansed. His touch brought healing and cleansing to this man in a hopeless situation. You remember some years ago when HIV and AIDS was raging in our nation. I remember the first time somebody came to our church and I went to pray for them and they said, I have AIDS. And immediately I was like, oh no, do I touch them? I had this debate in my mind. But I just said, look, the Bible said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I just prayed for them. Because the Bible says if you touch any deadly thing, it will not harm you. We can't live in fear. Come on, somebody. We've got to live by faith. I'm not telling you to be reckless, but I'm telling you in certain situations, you've got to know that you hear from God. Secondly, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, Jesus entered Capernaum. A centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed dreadfully tormented jesus said i will come and heal him listen to what the centurion said the centurion answered and said lord i'm not worthy that you should come under my roof but only speak a word and my servant will be healed for i'm also a man under authority having soldiers under me and i say to this one go and he goes and to another one come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it when jesus heard it he marveled and said to those following who followed Assuredly, I say to you, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the sons of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. They will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go your way. And as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. Now let's look at the dialogue. Verse 6. My servant is at home. He's paralyzed. Verse 7 says, Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Verse 8. The centurion, the soldier says, speak a word and my servant will be healed. Verse 10. Jesus says, I've not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now remember, Israel had the Torah. They had the old covenant. Israel knew the word of God. Israel had a covenant with God. These are Gentiles. These are actually the enemies of the Jewish people. And he comes to Jesus and he said, my servant is at home. He's sick. Jesus said, I'll come. That's the willingness. You see, we may be at home today and we may be sick. And Jesus is willing to come right into your house, right into your room today to give you what you need, to touch you at the very point of your need. But the centurion says, you don't even have to come because I understand the power of authority. You can speak the word and my servant will be healed. I've come to tell you this morning, maybe you're online. Maybe you weren't able to be here. Maybe you'll pick this thing up next week sometime and you'll watch Watch it. You don't have to be in this room to experience the healing power of God because the Bible says he sent his word and healed them. He sends his word. Psalms 107.20 He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Jesus can simply speak the word. 
Notice the third healing that takes place. Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. Now, Beth and I have been to Peter's house. We've been to Capernaum, the, the ruins that are there. There's, a, there's the ruins of the synagogue are there where Jesus would have preached. And there's a beautiful church built over the top of what they believe was Peter's house. And at the altar, it is all glassed in. And they will look down from that altar onto, the, onto what is left, the remains of Peter's house. And when we were there, we were making pictures. We were looking at it. Capernaum is right on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. Actually, we have a picture. But the wind was so fierce that day that everybody's hair was standing up, so I didn't bring that picture. <laughs> the Bible says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 14, Jesus had come into Peter's house. He saw his wife's mother lying sick with a fever. So he touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she arose and served them. The same healing is recorded in the Gospel of Luke. In Luke chapter 4, verse 38 and 39, now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever. And they made a request of him concerning her. Now notice, Jesus came into the house and there's fever in the house. And the family, Peter and his wife, made a request of him. They didn't ask him to bless the food. They didn't ask him to pray a prayer of blessing over the house. They said, we need a miracle. This morning, we're going to make a request of him on your behalf. And we're going to believe God for a miracle for you and for your family. But then notice what it said. So he stood over her and he rebuked the fever. Now, there are times when Jesus would say he spit into clay and put it into a blind man's eye. There's other times that he spoke the word. But notice here, she's sick with a fever. He rebukes the fever. Sometimes you got to rebuke what is coming against you. To rebuke it means I denounce you. I take authority over you. I don't do it in my own name and in my own strength. I do it in the name of Jesus. Why? Because his name is powerful. His name is healing. He is our healer today. Can somebody give God praise? I love the words of Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I love the words of Mark 16, 18. Listen to what it says. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. I want to introduce you to my friend today, my Savior, my Lord this morning. Who is this friend? Who is this Savior? He is the healing Jesus. Fourthly, I want you to see that Jesus healed all, everybody say all, all, who were sick and suffering. It wasn't just Peter's mother-in-law because Peter was one of his disciples. It wasn't just this centurion because he was a man of authority and, and had governmental power, but the Bible says he healed them all. That meant they came from every station of life. That meant they came, they were white-collar individuals. They were blue-collar individuals. They were people who walked, worked in offices and people perhaps who worked in the marketplace. He healed them all. What does Jesus want to do today? I believe he wants to heal us all in this room today in Jesus' name. Matthew eight sixteen and 17, when evening come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. 
He cast out the spirits with a word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. The Gospel of Luke records it this way in Luke chapter 4, verse 40. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. You say, Pastor... This, this stories of Jesus, they're great Bible stories. But what about today? That was in the days of the New Testament. That was in the days of the gospel. What about today? What about now? Yeah, I believe the words that Jesus, uh, that tell us about Jesus. I believe what this says. But does it work today? Will it work in March 2021? I've come to tell you that this book is not just a book that's on the shelf of the library it's not just another leather-bound religious book among all the other religious volumes but this book is a living book it's full of hope it's full of life it's full of healing you can stand on it you can believe it you can live by it and I want to tell you that he's the same yesterday today and in 2021 and he's still the healer he's still pouring out his spirit he's still saving the lost he's still sanctifying those who need sanctification he's still doing what he promised he would do and you and I must simply believe we must come into agreement with his word and believe his word and I believe that he will heal you today just like he healed in the days of the new covenant he healed all who were sick so this morning I want to introduce you to him you say well pastor I've been taught listen I prayed for a lot of people to be healed in 35 years of ministry but in all that time I've laid hands on a lot of people I've watched the power of God touch people and then people talk themselves out of it. Well, Pastor, God put this sickness on me to keep me humble. Well, what are you going to do going to the doctor for? Come on, somebody. Well, God wants to teach me something. The Holy Spirit's our teacher. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he'll lift you up. What does God want to do this morning? I believe God wants to touch you. I believe that God wants us to be healed as much as he wants us to be saved. Listen, we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. And Jesus has power today. He's the same today as he was then. It's not about the healing minister. It's about the healer himself. And he longs to pour out his healing power in your life today. I'm closing. And I simply want to leave you with this scripture. You say, well, I'm just not convinced. Let me just leave you with this scripture right here in 1 Peter 2.24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness. Notice what it says. By whose stripes you were healed. I read earlier out of Isaiah 53, by whose stripes you are healed. That's Old Testament. That's prophecy. Peter's writing now in the New Covenant. He's saying, by whose stripes you were healed. What's that mean? That means that Jesus took our sickness and our disease on his own body. He took it to Calvary. When they laid those 39, we believe it was 39 stripes on his back, those 39 stripes was for his healing. Is it God's will to heal? I believe it is. Well, what if people don't get healed? Well, we're not going to criticize and condemn. We're going to stand and believe God with them until they do get healed. Well, Pastor, what if people pass away? Will they get ultimately healed? You know, we've had all these debates through the years in the church. Who had faith? Who didn't have faith? And the truth is, we really don't know. Here's my responsibility. 
I believe as a minister of the gospel, it's my responsibility to bring you into a place where you can encounter God's power and God's presence. And God's healing power can touch you in Jesus' name.